slipped in a little late. My name is Brian. Just so glad to have everybody in the room, everybody online. Guys, I gotta do a little disclaimer. Can I do a disclaimer real quick? First service, I almost passed out in the middle of the sermon. And I had to sit right here for like half of it. And it was crazy. Some, we had a nurse after take my blood pressure and all that stuff. I got orange juice up here. I got a sweat rag because I got sweaty. It was gross. It was disgusting. And, uh, but we shoved some grapes in my mouth and I ate a banana and we're going to call it a day. All right. So it's only a three hour message. So I think we'll get through it. So here's the thing. Do I have any prayer warriors in this church? Anybody believe in I need you to pray right now in your heart and mind for me. I got to share here. I may not be moving and yelling quite as much, but you never know what could happen when it comes to me. I also want to add just a little piece here. I don't believe this is just one, some one-sided conversation. I'm not the dog and pony show for everybody just to uh, get entertained by me. This is a communal experience happening right now. I should probably be sitting in my chair. I'm already getting too fired up, but don't worry. You're, you're like, I'd kind of like to see him pass out. That must've been pretty cool at first service. Everybody, the whole 9 a.m. service was like, what's happening right now? Don't worry, we'll put it online. You can watch the whole video, it'd be funny. Um, this is a communal experience in this place right now. I'm not here to entertain you, not here to tickle some ears. We're gonna dig into God's word together and see what he has to say to us. And what I'm, what I'm getting at with that is, I am very pro-participation, okay? I challenged 9 a.m. service. I'm just gonna be honest with you guys, they didn't live up to the expectation. I like some amens. I like some preach it pastor. I like some, you go boy, you get it, you tell them. I like that stuff too. So if you hear something that feels like God is saying something, I mean, church, let's, let's worship God. Let's dig into this. Is anybody, can I get an amen on that right now? Let's, let's do this, all right? You know it's going to be loud when you got camp counselors in the room, so let's go. You guys going to help me out today? I might just pass out just from crowd participation. We'll see here. So, all right, let me get this thing started. I'm wondering if there's anything in your life right now that you would like to have more of. Would anybody like to have some more money right now? How's your 401k looking? You ain't retiring for a long time. You better just settle into whatever job you have. It's gonna be a minute. I'm wondering, anybody here, anybody would like some more time? Is anybody's life like mine right now is just frenetic activity all the time? Like there are not enough hours in the day to handle the job and the chores and the kids and the social life and the church life and binge watch the latest Netflix series. There's not enough hours to do it. I bet there are a few people in this room. Would you like a little more square footage? How's that two bedroom working with your six roommates? How's that working? We got people in our church, the grandparents are in the basement, a kid's in the closet, three dogs in the bed at night. It's just cozy. It's a cozy situation. I'm actually, I'm pretty content with our home situation. I'll be honest with you guys, I would love to have some more yard. Any of you guys who've been in my house, you know my backyard is a little square of grass. I like my neighbors, but I don't like stepping outside and being in an immediate conversation with them because we're two feet away from each other. All right, I don't enjoy that. I'm wondering, let's just... Can we do, let's get some real with all the single folks in the room. Any single folks, you'd, you'd like to have some more, this guy's looking for a date up here. All right, you can find him after the service. <laughs> Any single folks, would you like some more good prospects for a potential spouse? I mean, surely. Sometimes you're single, you're like, God, there are almost eight billion people on this planet. Surely there is one that loves Jesus and is not weird. There's gotta be one out there for me. There has to be. 
So that got a clap. All right. Um, another question. Have you ever wanted more when it came to your spiritual life? I mean, real honest moment. Have you ever just really tried this Christian thing? You're like, man, I am not getting out of the Bible what I feel like I should be getting. The prayers aren't doing what I hope they would do. I'm not even getting so much out of church that I would like. Are you experiencing all that you would hope God would do in your life right now? I think if we were truly honest, there's a lot of us in the room where you'd say, you know, Brian, I hear what preachers say. I've read the books. I've read these promises of Christianity, and I just feel like there should be more. And so today, we're starting a new series called There Is More. Now, I got to add a little preface here. I'm going I'm to try walking, right? We'll see if I fall over. Um, we do a handful of series throughout the year. We take them all very seriously. We pray, we plan, we have a whole teaching team. We, we really take this stuff seriously. But I will be honest with you guys, I'll let you peek behind the curtain. There are one or two series a year where we really believe they are signature series for the church. Like they go down to the heart of what we want to see God do and they shape who we are as a community. One of those series was in May called Raise Them Up. And if you're around for that, we cast this whole vision around just the call we believe we have as a church to raise up this next generation, to be a powerful force for Christ in this culture. We're getting ready to launch Hills Academy, the preschool out of this church, which is super exciting at an outpouring of generosity. And not only that, we'll be breaking ground here very shortly. I really, this is an honest plea to you guys. Pastor John and I are working so hard with interviewing these directors. We have some more interviews this week. That is our last piece. We get that director hired, we got a green light and we're good. So please be praying this week just for God's direction and clarity on all those decisions. But this series right now, we're starting today, guys, called There's More. I really believe this is gonna be one of those series for our church. This is going to be a series to challenge us and stretch us and see God do things that maybe we never thought was possible in a community of followers of Jesus. So I know I'm setting that bar high, but I'm, I'm really believing for that. Now, I got to set a little bit of a foundation here first. We're going to do a little exercise, all right? We're going to go back to middle school here, and we're going to read some verses. I want to see if you guys can notice a pattern about any of these scriptures, okay? You ready for a pop quiz? All right, let's see how we do Northern Hills. All right. First passage, 1 Corinthians 2. Paul says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Let me do another one. 2 Corinthians 10. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Acts 4, with great power, the apostles continue to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Luke 4, Jesus returned to Galilee in the, what's the word? Power of the Spirit. 2 Timothy, for the Spirit of God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us? 1 Corinthians 4, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk. Let me hear a good one. Power, First Corinthians, two more, First Thessalonians. Our gospel came to you not simply with words, but with one more, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in. Does anybody notice the pattern? Thank you. You guys can come back next week. You're invited every single week. Power. Here's what I find so fascinating. When we think about Christianity and the church, Often, the first thing our minds go to are concepts like love 
patience, kindness, all super important things to the Christian faith. I'm not diminishing those deals. But if you take an honest look at the Bible and even the history of Christianity, you see that a key quality and experience is power. Now, what are we even talking about when we say this word power? I just want to give a tiny little cursory look, just a little taste of what we're even talking about. When we talk about the power of God happening in our lives and in the church. Peter, one of Jesus' closest friends and followers, some of you guys know the story, he denies Jesus at the moment of his crucifixion, his trial and all those things. He denies Jesus. He says, I don't even know the guy. A couple weeks later, Peter preaches the first ever genuine Christian sermon in the history of humanity, and 3,000 people get saved in one sermon. He has an encounter with a paralyzed guy shortly after. This guy was paralyzed from birth, could not walk. He just looks at him and says, get up and walk. And the guy starts doing the river dance. Unbelievable stuff. Peter sees prison doors open up, chains come off. There's a moment in his life, maybe you don't remember this story in Acts 5. It says people were laying the sick down on the ground just so Peter's shadow could pass over and then they could be healed. His shadow. Now, Paul, another pretty well-known Christian in history, killed Christians, persecuted the church, threw them in prison, has a dramatic conversion experience. And this is what it says about Paul in Acts 19. God worked so powerfully through Paul, even handkerchiefs and aprons that touched him were taken to the sick so they could be healed. A handkerchief. Healing people. Paul had one moment where he's doing a Bible study and a person falls out of a third story window and dies. And Paul goes down there and brings him back to life and then makes him come back to the Bible study that made him fall out in the first place. So now I know some of you guys might hear that you're like, okay, Brian, that's Peter and Paul. Those are massive exceptions in the Christian experience in church. Maybe. You read through the Bible, you see there are many Christians who are unnamed, where it says in Acts 4, it says God's grace was so powerful, not a single needy person was among them. It says there's so much power that at one point they were praying and the building they were in physically shook because of the power of God. It talks about signs and wonders being done through these people. It talks about the word of God spreading powerfully. There was so much power in this small, fledgling Christian community that in a few short centuries, they would overtake the entire Roman Empire. This power is so overwhelming that it defies human explanation. This is not a magic trick. This is not a good marketing campaign Anybody who encountered this power, the only explanation they could think of was, this must be from God. So that leads me to one question today, everybody. Where is it? Where's the power? Where's the supernatural, undeniable, overflowing power of God? Would anybody describe what's happening in the church today? 
as defying human explanation? I got to give you guys some backstory, just even on the heart behind this message in this series. I got called into vocational ministry 14 years ago. Now, that wasn't what I wanted to do. Ain't nobody said, you should be a pastor, Brian. You make a great pastor. I wanted to be a medicine. I wanted to make some money, everybody. I actually wanted to retire one day. And yet, as some of you guys know, God always has different plans. And God detour anybody else's life in here on any level? Yeah. Um, so I jump into ministry, both feet. I'm so grateful now. really believe, you know, it's what God has for me. But what's interesting is over these years I've been in ministry, I've been able to see some awesome things happening in the church. There's been some cool developments when it comes to the local church. There's churches that have locations all over states, even countries. There's churches maximizing just the digital age and social media and bringing the word of God everywhere. There's churches that have buildings that can just accommodate and meet and reach people from every demographic group. There's been some amazing fruit. There's been some amazing progress. And yet, Christianity is losing ground across the country at a dramatic pace. There is more hostility and less interest than there probably has ever been in our entire lifetimes. Maybe the history of the country. You might be able to make that argument. We know how to produce services. We know how to run programs. We have some of the biggest institutions we have ever had in the history of the church. Massive buildings, books, conferences, events. How much power do we have? Paul talks about this dynamic that is possible to experience. Where he says in 2 Timothy 3.5, it's possible to have a form of godliness, but deny its power. You can believe in God, go through spiritual exercises, church routines, and still have no power. You can do all the activities, no power. You can get an emotional boost, a little high and bump from a Sunday, no power. You can get some helpful principles and practices for your life and still have no power. There's somebody named Arthur Wallace from the last century. He said this, how often is he, talking about God, grieved and hindered because the people of God prefer human organization and the methods of the world to that which costs more than money to secure his own gracious presence and what's the word? Power. Buildings, programs, production value, no power. Jesus has a conversation with some religious leaders. At one point, gets in a little debate. It's kind of a funny exchange because Jesus ain't afraid to get in people's face sometimes. You all think he's real cuddly. He ain't always cuddly sometimes. Look what Jesus says in Matthew 22, 29. You are in error because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. He tells these guys straight up, here's your problem. You don't know your Bible and you know nothing about the power of God. That's your problem. And it's so easy to pick on these religious leaders and be like, oh yeah, those Pharisees, I'm glad I'm not one of those. But do we know the power of God? Do we really know it? Are we experiencing it on any level? Does your life defy human explanation? Now, I joined Northern Hills right at the beginning of this year through some crazy God-ordained circumstances and the insanity of Pastor John and his crazy ideas. And I want to let you guys know, 
I am just so blessed to be here. I love this church. I love what God's doing. I hope God has us here for a long, long time. I'm having a blast, y'all. I'm just having fun. Love it. And here's the thing. Yeah, amen that. That's right, amen that. Now, it's funny because at the beginning of the year, we as a staff just started having some conversations. We're like, man, the world feels like it's shifted in some big ways. You know, think of a post-COVID world. You think of the dynamics of culture, what's happening spiritually, all these things. And we started talking about, man, we definitely care about having good sermons. It helps to have good music. You know, we want to have good programs that people like to attend, but we start having these conversations. We need more. We need more. And so I started getting on a little bit of a hobby horse with this and a soapbox with our staff at our staff meetings. Some of y'all think I get long-winded on Sundays. You ain't never been to a Northern Hills All Staff. You don't know nothing about long-winded Brian. All the staff are like, he ain't lying. He gets talking at those things. But we just started talking about, man, we need so much more of God to really have an impact in and through this church and with what's happening in Colorado. And so even as a staff, we just started to see God with some fresh intensity. We started praying more. We would take staff meetings and spend them in this very room, pacing this room on our hands and knees, just pleading to God. And I, I don't want you guys to hear me wrong. This has been an incredible six months. There are so many good things happening at this church. We are seeing growth coming out of COVID. We're improving different ministries, launching new ones. We're launching a whole preschool. And there's actually stuff going on that I can't even tell you about yet that I'm all excited about, but we'll get there. There is an undeniable sense of a momentum, expectation, excitement. God is turning the heat up and stirring the pot. I hope you sense that. There's some good stuff happening in this church right now. Get excited, Northern Hills. You're in a good season right now. This is ground floor. That's the language you use as staff. Ground floor, everybody. Ground floor. And yet, hear my heart, church. There is more. There's more. I need more. You need more. If we have any hope of making a real kingdom impact in it through this church, we need more. If you want to experience all that God has for your life, you need more. If we truly want to leave a mark for eternity, we need more. So what kind of more am I even talking about? I want to make this as tangible as I possibly can. I have to make this clear. What does it even mean to have more? Now, Jesus, at one point in time, some people don't recognize this, Jesus dies and resurrects from the dead. Pretty cool stunt to pull off, by the way, but he's God, so he can do that. He actually spends 40 days between his resurrection and ascending to heaven, appearing to his disciples, his followers, and teaching and getting them ready for the next phase of God's plan for human history. So this is that in-between period before Jesus goes back to heaven. Important stuff. He says this in Luke 24, 49. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Now, this is what's so fascinating about the scripture. These people are already believers. They got a front row seat to the resurrection. They know Jesus. And yet even he's careful to tell them, here's the thing, guys, don't go out, run around, do ministry yet. There is something you need that you cannot manufacture yourself. There is more. And then right before Jesus ascends, this is along the same vein. In Acts 1.8, this is Jesus again. He says, but you will receive 
power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. The most important quality Jesus talks about when it comes to the Holy Spirit is power. That's what he talks about the most when he's talking about the presence of the Holy Spirit in somebody's life. Power. So Jesus is so careful to tell his followers, there is more. And you need it. This is the foundational premise for this whole series. For all of the people sleeping right now, wake up real quick. You can go back to sleep after this point, I promise. You have to hear this. This is critical to our understanding for this whole series. Every Christian has the presence of the Holy Spirit, but not every Christian has the power of the Holy Spirit. I gotta let that sink in. Every Christian has the presence of the Holy Spirit, but not every Christian has the power. Now let me unpack this, because this might be new terminology and understanding for some of us in this room. The moment you place your faith in Jesus, God comes into you by his Holy Spirit. You have the presence of God in you by the Holy Spirit. It happens the moment you trust in Christ. The boring seminary term, if you want it, is called regeneration. It's what we call being saved, being born again. And so Paul says in Ephesians 1.13, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So if you are a Christian in this place, right, you need to know God is residing in you by his Holy Spirit. Now there's another layer here. As you grow in your faith, you will notice the Holy Spirit working in your life. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. You see your desires start to change. You start to feel conviction about different things. You see just everything about your life slowly shifting. And we call this sanctification. This is the progressive spiritual growth in your life that happens all throughout your life until you see Jesus again. So Philippians 1.6, Paul says, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus ongoing process of spiritual growth. Now, this is where most Christians stop. They say, great, I get saved, and then I slowly kind of get a little bit more spiritual as I get older. There's more. There's more. You read throughout the Bible, you read through Christian history, you see there's more. In Acts 4.31, this is the early church, it says this, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. I mentioned that earlier in the sermon, physically shaken from the power. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. This is an important note. These people are already believers. They're Christians. They're praying. They love Jesus. And yet Luke, the writer of Acts, is so careful to note, there is a filling that happens. Another level of power that comes on them. I gotta give you some more examples. Acts 6, 8 talks about this guy, Stephen. It says, now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. A few chapters later, it talks about Barnabas. Acts 11, he, Barnabas, was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. Catch this. Luke intentionally makes a note about the spiritual dynamic of Stephen and Barnabas. And there are others. And what he's saying is there are qualities about the spiritual life and experience that these guys have that differentiates them from the normal Christian experience. They have something that not every single Christian has. Luke doesn't say this about every single follower of Jesus. So again, you look through the Bible, you look at Christians throughout history, there are people who experience a power that defies human explanation. There 
is more. Now here's where people get a little nervous. There might be a couple people in this room, you're like, whoa, he's talking a lot about this power of God, Holy Spirit stuff right now. Is this one of those like snake handling, flag waving, running in the aisles type churches that I've heard about or seen on YouTube before? Like where they just get a little over the top and a little crazy. Now, let me just say this. There actually are some strains of Christianity that strongly believe when the power of God comes, it only shows up in very particular ways, whether it be certain signs or wonders or spiritual gifts or the sort. And sometimes this does appear to be pretty hyper-emotional and experiential. And sometimes the criticism is, how can I even know that's the power of God? That just looks like a bunch of people just getting into a frenzy. And I actually think that's a fair criticism in some cases. At the same time, there are many Christians genuine Jesus followers who have had experiences like that and you should not be so quick to dismiss them. At the same time, you will not be able to find any verse in the Bible that says God's power must work in some specific way. So you have to be very careful about that too. Now, some of you might be from another side of the Christian spectrum where your belief is, man, all that like power of God, Holy Spirit stuff, Brian, isn't that like book of Acts, early church? I mean, that ain't for the church today. That's when things were just crazy in the first century. That's not for us today. And I would challenge you, show me the verse. Show me where it says in the Bible that all this stuff is supposed to come to a screeching halt and it's over. Because you won't find one. And here's the temptation every single one of us has. We want to fit God in our box for how he should work. He needs to do it my way, what I'm comfortable with, and what I like in my preferences. Here's what you're going to find out very quickly. When God wants to show up in power, he's going to do what he wants to do. You don't get to dictate the terms for how God works in power. All right? That ain't your job. So that's the clarification we need to make. But, but, there are some very consistent principles to God's power and what it looks like in the Bible and throughout Christian history. So we can draw some consistent pieces to this. I want to talk about the principles of power that we definitely know of when God moves. And so what is one of these principles that we see? First off, it has one source. So at Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit comes down, Jesus sends it, it says this in Acts 2, there came from heaven... This is no person. This is no program. This is not a conference or an event. You cannot manipulate, manufacture, coerce, or force this on any level. There is no amount of CrossFit or keto or podcasts you can do to get this. Jesus calls it power from on high. Only God sends the power. He is the only source. You can not manipulate or force this yourself. And next week, we're going to talk about, though, some of the ways we can open ourselves up to the power of God and make ourselves more available to it. Don't you dare miss next week, y'all. Come the next four weeks, okay? This is required attendance. We're going to track out the doors. Make sure you're here. It has one source. Next piece, though. It's for kingdom impact. We read the first half of this verse earlier, but I want to finish it out. Jesus. This is Jesus in Acts 1.8 but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And then he says this, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus is saying, this power that I'm giving you, 
This is to witness to me. This is not about some emotional high that I'm trying to give you, although it may come with very emotional experiences. That is not the goal. Our goal is to seek God in all of his goodness and glory and allow him to then use us for his purposes. And whatever flows out of that is up to him. This is for him and not for us. It's for kingdom impact. Now let me do two more right here. It produces supernatural results. What do I mean by that? One thing you see with the fullness of God's presence and power you see extraordinary boldness. In Acts 4.13, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. There is a power that the Holy Spirit brings that gives you such supernatural conviction and confidence. There is no mountain too big. There is no threat too great. There is no suffering too intimidating that will stop you from living into this dynamic boldness. There's a woman who had this experience in Christian history. She says this, there was a boldness to witness, boldness to rejoice. We were so full of it, we could not help but talk about it. This ain't social media posting boldness. It's so powerful. It's so profound that it can only come from God. There's a lot of us in this room. We get nervous just to talk about Jesus with a friend or a neighbor or family member. Peter and John are standing before guys who can have them imprisoned and killed and they don't hesitate. That's a different boldness. It's extraordinary. There's another piece to these supernatural results, though. It produces unspeakable joy. Peter says this in his letter, 1 Peter 1, you believe in him, talking about Jesus, and are filled, again, talking about this filling, with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Peter's saying there are not even words to contain what is happening inside of you right now. This ain't some yay, Jesus is cool type experience. It's overwhelming. It's overflowing. It's the reality of God pouring into your life with unspeakable joy. There's another person who had this experience in the church. He said the joy was beyond explanation. It was unspeakable. It was, as, it was an indescribable and overwhelming joy. I was flooded with it and seemed to be afloat in an ocean of love. Have you ever had an experience like that? Inexpressible, unspeakable joy from the power of God. There's one more supernatural result. Exponential fruit. One pastor said, when God acts, he can do more in a minute than someone with all their organizing can do in 50 years. I mentioned it earlier, but Peter preaches a single sermon and 3,000 people get saved. I would love for that to happen. It would save me a lot of time, all right? That's going to take me a while at this rate. 3,000 in one sermon. A little bit later, 
Peter gives another message. It says 5,000 men had joined the church. Men. So that's not including women and children. You're easily talking about 15 to 20,000 people. That's what you call exponential fruit, everybody. There was one revival that happened in our country a while ago. 100,000 people joined the church in six months. Could you imagine 100,000 people come to this church before the end of the year? We'd have to add a couple more services. I'd be doing a lot of preaching. 100,000 in six months. Exponential fruit. What God does when he brings his power is he takes our regular slow drip efforts and he just turns on the fire hose and overwhelms us with his power to accomplish great kingdom work. There's one last piece to these principles of power. And it's this, God's presence is undeniable and overwhelming. I want to read all of you some real personal accounts of people who have had these experiences throughout history. And I want to see if you know anything about this. Let me read some of these to you. One said, there was an overwhelming sense of God invading the atmosphere. You could feel him everywhere. It is like a fire that goes through one's whole being. Someone else, I felt as if the Spirit of the Lord was in the very air I was breathing. People fell to their knees everywhere. It seemed that heaven itself was present. This is a pastor. At one meeting, the Spirit of God was so manifestly in our midst and his power so evident that I just stopped preaching. I know some of you hope that would happen right now. And gave the meeting over to prayer. Another person, the presence of God was so powerful that you were constantly living in expectation that something was about to happen. There was something so supernatural happening, I could feel it in my home. Two more. Humor me. I cannot describe it. I seldom refer to it. It is almost too sacred an experience to name. I can only say that God revealed himself to me. And I had such an experience of his love that I had to ask him to stay his hand. One more. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through me. It seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love, for I could not express it in any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God. I have a very honest question for you today. Do you know that kind of power? Have you really had an experience like that? I'm not asking you if you've heard a good sermon. Or if you liked the music, I'm asking, do you know anything about the fullness of God's power and presence in your life? If we were honest today, most of us in this room would say, those accounts are foreign to my own personal experience. I don't know anything about that. That is a different thing. There's more there. And some of you guys might be thinking, uh-oh, I don't know nothing about that. And sometimes the question comes, well, 
Brian, if I haven't had that experience, can I like still be a good Christian? Like, does this mean I'm like doing something wrong or whatever? I'm missing something? Hear me today. You can still be a good Christian and not have this kind of experience. There are many Christians who go their entire lives without experiencing some of the dynamics I'm talking about in this message today. And this is not a salvation issue. If you have trusted Jesus to forgive your sins and you've invited him into your life, you are saved. You have the hope of heaven. You have everything to look forward to. You can still have a fruitful life. You can be impactful for the kingdom. You can do all of these things. But hear me today, Northern Hills, there is more. There's more. If you could have more, why wouldn't you want it? Why would you settle for McDonald's when you could have filet mignon? Why would you ski down your driveway when you can ski Vail? Why would you fly coach when you could have your own private jet? Why would you settle for baseline, casual, cultural Christianity when you can have the supernatural power and presence of God pulsating through your life? There's more. I'm telling y'all, there is more. This quote, I hope, becomes the heart of our church this next month. Jim Cimbala says, I despaired at the thought of my life passing me by without God moving greatly on my behalf. I really want to stir some holy discontent in some of us today. And I want some of you to leave here today with just this pain in your heart where you were just like, God, do not let my life pass me by without me experiencing the fullness of your presence and power in my life. I want more, God. And I actually don't just want this for you individually. This is my prayer for our church. You know what my prayer is? My prayer is that if anybody were to ask about Northern Hills, the first response would not be, oh man, they got a good kids ministry, my kids like it. The music ain't half bad. It's, it's pretty loud, but it ain't bad at all. Brian's preaching, tolerable, you'll get through it. It's fine. But the people are super nice. You know my prayers when people are asked about our church? After a long pregnant pause, I would hope that people would say, I don't even have words for it, but God is at that church. There is a power and presence that defies human explanation in those people. That is my prayer for our church. There'd be such an undeniable, overwhelming sense of the living God working and moving in this place. That is, that is the only characteristic that people could think of when they hear about our church. I have one application for this message. I hope this is your cry to God this entire week. Our staff has been pleading to God for this ahead of you. And it's simply this. God, if there is more, I want it. I want more, God. I want more of you. I know there's more. I want you to give it to me. 
I know there is more to this Christian life than what I'm currently experiencing. Will you please give it to me? I am desperate for God. I want nothing else than the fullness of your power and presence working in my life. That needs to be the cry of your heart. Because hear me, church. There's a lot of great things happening here. I'm so excited. This is ground floor. But there is more. Do you want it? Do you really want it? God, I pray right now. Thank you for getting me through this sermon, Lord. Much better than first service. I pray right now, Lord, I want more. I want more Jesus. We want more. We need more, God. We love what's happening at this church. We are so grateful. You have been so faithful to this place for decades now. I thank you for inviting me into it. I now pray for more, Jesus. We pray for more of the fullness of your presence and power. We pray for more of the experience of what you want to do in and through us. Lord, I pray this entire community would experience an outpouring of you in this place. God, I just pray for everybody in this room. I just pray that you would start to stir hearts, that people would just realize there's more. I need more. Give them that discontent, that holy frustration. God, I want more. And over these next few weeks, God, I truly pray you would shift the heart of our church, that we would be so hungry for you. There would be nothing in this world that could satisfy except the fullness of your presence, power, and love flowing into this community. And so we pray right now, Lord, we want more. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message. If you'd like to get involved here at Northern Hills, check out our website at inhills.org or download the Northern Hills app. We hope to see you again soon.